And welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. We're looking at John Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. And closing out the week with us is Niall McGowan, back from the Bat Minute. Yeah. Welcome back. Just call us Bat Minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On today's show, uh, Minute 115 is what we're looking at. The minute starts with Agent Coulson talking to Tony about his port papers, and it ends with Pepper telling Tony to get the show on the road. This is our, uh, we're kind of in that uh, that that pause, uh, that beat after the big climax. Everybody's taking a breath. We're kind of building to the the end of the film. And uh, it's it's just a nice moment kind of wrapping things up here with uh, Agent Coulson as we get to do here. Um, but before we do that, we talked to, we talked a little bit yesterday about the text scrolling on the TV. I wanted to finish uh, reading that into that information for you. So uh, last we left off, we had Stark Industries shares soar on rumors of new technological breakthrough. Breaking news: Mystery surrounds bizarre hydrogen bus explosion on Howard Stark Memorial Parkway in Long Beach. Traffic diverted to alternate routes while structural damage to freeway is assessed and power is restored. Damage control officials to issue report in coming days. There is speculation that this explosion... And that's all we get to find out on the news report. But a couple of interesting things. So uh, there's apparently rumors of a new technological breakthrough with Stark Industries. I don't know if they're thinking it's the suit or if it's the the uh, maybe it's just the the light in the sky. I don't know what this is, but apparently it's uh, helping Stark Industries out. And then I think it's really funny that they throw in this strange hydrogen bus explosion as if that's the cause of, <laughs> of the problems on the freeway, not the two big metal men having a fight. That's too funny. So, the plane at the end of Captain America First Avenger, you know, that great big, what yeah. was that, like a Vulcan something or other? Is that the same plane that's flying over this giant, like, mural on the wall, the defense plant and the arsenal of democracy? I assume that's Howard, that's Stark, uh, like, opening the pl- yeah, plane. Yeah, I was going to ask what that what that picture is because i wasn't too sure if like is this a, a genuine picture of a historical event or is it a mock-up like like of a thing that yeah, yeah howard stark has done i wonder i don't i actually don't think it's the same plane that the valkyrie in uh uh that that hydra bomber doesn't have props on it so and we've seen um a number of black and white photos around tony's office around yeah. and around the kind of the stark um industries property throughout a lot and it's it's tricky a lot of times it does feel like they're using just real photos real black and white photos that they found on probably shutterstock and purchased and printed large so they could just have some interesting militaristic looking kind of old school photos up on the wall so to that end i feel like a lot of it probably is real historical photos that they have um, decided to use in context of it but then there are times where i wonder if they've doctored them in some way to kind of fit a little more with kind of the history of Stark Industries and whatnot. And so I don't know. I like I it's not a photo that I've found online anywhere to be able to say, was this a real defense plant? I don't know. I, it, but it, it is interesting and I like that they do it. And yeah, I, I don't know if it matters so much, but it would be really cool to find out that they did manipulate it in some way. And then the later films used that to kind of uh, play around within the context totally. of their stories. 
Well, and I love the message, the defense plant and arsenal of democracy as they're talking about how to hide Tony's efforts as an arsenal of democracy. You know, I think there's something nice about that. How ironic. Somebody give me some marbles to chew on. That's a weird thing. Like, if you guys noticed, maybe you've talked about it in the show before, but like something's going on with Jeff Bridges' mouth these days. Like... He could, he seems to be in a permanent state of kind of talking like he's eating toffee or something these days. He's got a real yeah. like, no, I'll just sort of talk like this now. And it's kind of the, the, he's not doing it in this movie, but nowadays it's like, oh yeah, this is like his lips are just trying to like clench onto his teeth or something. There's just some weird, some weird going on there. But it does feel very much of that character that he's taken on for um, the last decade. Really, kind of that yeah. cowboy, the Rooster Cogburn character that he's been it seems like he's living as much as, as performing in his films these days mm. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that that it's because he so only prevalent. he only takes roles where he can do this with his mouth <laughs> and that's kind of where he is now <laughs> right. uh let's see we've got uh we've got pepper uh just some great stuff going on here i think just the real kind of the 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 way that she's working him i swear i always wonder what does pepper not do for tony she she seems to handle everything at his house. Somebody's like refilling drinks, and I mean she's bringing coffee, but somebody's setting out the booze and and cleaning things up. Is Pepper doing all that, and then also helping run the company? Like, I, and here she is, like putting on his makeup for him. I, I just question the lengths that Pepper goes to to kind of keep her boss happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, agreed because you know there are oh, there's only so many uh, hours in mm. in the day. She's very very busy. I feel like we need a Pepper Pot spinoff, <laughs> like maybe the new Disney uh, Marvel Hulu relationship is going to give us a a new spinoff. It's just Pepper Pots. Well, I hope we find out that she's got like she's one of us, like triplets, and all of them right. work for. <laughs> For Tony. Like duplicity. And, and maybe he doesn't even realize it, but they just kind of, <laughs> yeah. the, this is how they actually get everything done. The thing is, like, it's, it's, because Pepper is essentially just like his Alfred. Like, you, you have the advice yeah. that you're trying to make it, though. No, Jarvis is his Alfred because it's like a, it's, he sounds like an English butler. But it's like, no, that's the, that's the, that's the ploy. As Pepper is the Alfred the whole damn time. Yeah, she's been doing the work. Um, can I can I just make a nod to the line? This isn't my first rodeo, Mister Stark. Mm. That when we started this show, I did not know, in fact, what Coulson's first rodeo was, and now we do. Yeah, yeah. Was, I think the first rodeo is was Captain Marvel, and I find that enormously satisfying too. Mm. It is going to be so weird if you try to do. A rewatch of these movies in like not release order, but like timeline right, chronological order. order. Yeah. yeah. So will this be this thing? Where like, oh yeah, I watched like Captain Marvel like second basically, and then she doesn't show up again for like seventeen movies or something. And you're like, oh yeah, that's right. There was a character who was like way back at the start of this thing, which is perfect, right? That's exactly what we how we how they want it to happen. Where she, of course, she's not in any of these movies because she's on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Although it was really weird, though, because somebody uh, we had uh, um, one of our uh, uh, one of our supporters had put a uh, a link to a, a kind of this thing from I don't know who 
who published it. I think CNET actually did the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe every movie and show in perfect order. And interestingly, they left uh, Captain Marvel after Ant Man and the Wasp in in order. And I don't know if the reason for that is because uh, because solely of the mid credit sequence, which kind of ties it very much directly to everything going on with Infinity War. Mm. But that's that's where they left it. But weirdly, then also they put Infinity War mm. after it. See, I, I wouldn't like mind that as a you could take the mid credits bit as a nice little tease where if you hadn't seen them before, you'd be like, what's all this about? And you don't find out until <laughs> years later. Because I actually, I actually did do that because uh, I'm going through my big rewatch at the minute. And I did do a little bit out of order where I watched uh, Ant-Man before Age of Ultron. Because uh, it's just the fact that I had the choice between the two of them. It's like, well, Ant-Man's shorter and I don't have much time tonight. So uh, I've gone for this. Said, <laughs> and I kind of forgot that there's loads of illusions to Age of Ultron. They talk about like, oh, yeah, they freaking, the Avengers out there dropping cities out of the sky and all this kind of thing. And I, right. I was watching. It's like I like I like it this way though, because if you if they had released it first, the audience would be like, "Wait, what happened? What are the Avengers done?" And then you'd be like, "There's an Avengers movie coming out." You're like, "Oh crap! I gotta see this one to find out what happened." <laughs> it's it's a really interesting order, and I, I, it will be fun to kind of play around with that and just kind of watch things. I mean, obviously, we're all watching them uh, as they're released because we're watching them as soon as they released. But it would be interesting to you know, like down the road like 10 years from now or whatever, when people start coming up with their own, like, you know, there's the machete order for Star Wars and these different orders for how you should watch these movies to really make it all make sense. Yeah. I'm actually already working on our infographic for the uh, Marvel Movie Minute listening order. <laughs> so don't worry about it. I got that covered. Yeah, oh, we'll have a whole, I've seen people listed down, though, like, oh, the preferred order, and they always put... They always cluster the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, yeah, you watch the first one, then you watch the second one. But I always think, like, no, you need to break it up. Like, I put it in, like, you get to Avengers, because that's the culmination of Phase 1, then Guardians of the right. Galaxy, and then you take a break from those guys for a little while, and then after Age of Ultron, then you're back. We're like, oh, yeah, so now you've seen the culmination of another Avengers movie, back to the Guardians and what they're up to and stuff. And I don't understand why you'd want them to have this random bit in the middle of your story where, like, yeah, we went with these guys for, like, four hours, and then we won't see them again for, like, eight more movies. It just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I think Iron Man and Iron Man 2 are the only ones that are pretty close to each other. Everything else is, is spaced out uh, kind of across phases. Mm. It's still not odd so. phase of, like, oh, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, you don't have to as well. <laughs> like, it's, you could watch it if you want to, but you don't have to. <laughs> Oh, Nile, we have to. We'll be, we'll be doing <laughs> we that. Do. Like, you, we have to. You have my sympathies, guys. <laughs> oh, I, I, I like that one. I, I don't think. Uh, I think it's a little unjustly disdained because it's so different. But I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. I think it'll be interesting. Well, see, I, I liked it at the time in the cinema. I was like, yeah, that was okay. And then I caught it again, though. It was cut down for TV, so maybe that was what was doing the damage. But the second viewing was like. After so many great Marvel movies that come out, I was watching it like, "Oh, this is this is terrible." Like it was, but it might have been just in comparison to the good stuff that had come since. So it's uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I remember there was yeah. a bit though, and again, you you guys will talk about it. But like, I was sitting watching it, and out of nowhere, Michael K. Williams disappears on screen for like a split second, and I was like, "What the hell is he doing here?" And then he didn't show up the rest of the movie, and I was like. Did he have a major part? Because he can't just throw in friggin' Omar from The Wire and have him for a split second, <laughs> like a Stan Lee cameo or something. 
and not have people going like, wait, what? Why was he there? Yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about with him and everyone else uh, next year when we get to the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> that will be interesting. Um, so we, we get a little nod to the bodyguard story uh, here in this minute as Tony's like, what about, what's this whole thing with this bodyguard cover up? It seems a little flimsy. And I like that he points that out. And I, I also like that they have it because that is for the longest time in the comics. That, that was the excuse that they had is that they said Iron Man is Tony Stark's bodyguard. Mm. And that's kind of how they went in the comics. So it's a, it's a nice nod to have that here as the cover story. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good um, good to have your bases covered where like. Because uh, you might get some of the hardcore, hardcore older fans been like, "Oh, they yeah. bring us up!" I'm like, yeah, there you go. It's it's been, we've, we've, it's in there. It's kind of like I always felt that the again, you guys will talk to it, talk about it in several years time, but I always felt that the, they were really covering their bases at the end of Iron Man three when they actually have uh, Killian say like, "You know, I am the Mandarin." Just so they can't be like, oh, they didn't even do the Mandarin. It's like he he is the he is the character, like that guy right there. He is declaring, "I am the Mandarin." That's <laughs> our version of the character. It wasn't Ben Kingsley; it was this guy. But people still didn't get right. that. People still complained about it. But I took it to be like, no, that's them going. No, the Mandarin isn't. He is a character in it. It's just it's Guy Pierce. It's not the other guy. And then uh, and then we get the final reveal in this minute. Uh, as Pepper goes to to thank Agent Coulson for all of his help, and tries to tries to repeat the acronym that he has, and she uh, he interrupts her and says, "Just call us Shield." There it is. <laughs> the thing is, though, it's one of these. It's great in the movie, and in two thousand and eight in the cinema, this was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> uh-huh. But like in years since with all the stuff that they laid out with the MCU, it's kind of like, it took them this long to come up with the name S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, you see freaking <laughs> Peggy Carter in S.H.I.E.L.D. way back when. They never thought to shorten it. And then you're kind of like, wait a minute. They never thought to just take the initials of the freaking big wor- the big phrase they kept saying and just make Nick F- cool as cool as all hell Nick Fury never went, why don't we just call it, oh, look, that makes S.H.I.E.L.D. Like... <laughs> Right. <laughs> what are the odds? Just the first let you guys, how have we not seen it? I get the feeling from this sequence with Colson's delivery here that sometime in between the last scene where they had to address the name shield and this time there was a meeting like a complete bureaucratic meeting and they said okay, we're fine. It is now officially sanctioned by marketing that you can say shield <laughs> and so he is just saying, telling everybody, don't worry about it. My email address is now shield.gov, and it's okay. <laughs> I just feel like there's there's a this, this is a project, it's a marketing project that's underway, and I would see that movie too. Mm. I'm totally forgetting now. Did they reference Shield at all in Captain Marvel as Shield? Did yes. they ever say? Yeah, shield? Uh, I don't know. They have the Shield, the shield ha- uh, cap that they're talking about going undercover, and she's like, "Do you think it's intelligent yeah. to wear a, a cap with your?" your shield logo on it and stuff so yeah they did <laughs> but is it just the logo or, or does it say s period h period i period e period l oh, I period think it, d period or i think it might just be the the emblem so maybe they got okay. they got around to that way but i'd be interested too because at the at the very end when fury's working on the computer and he's typing out the protectors initiative the avengers initiative that thing there's a there i think it says something about shield on the uh-huh. on the screen maybe so maybe maybe this is just proof that agent colson is just really slow <laughs> And he never got 
that that all of those words put together created this acronym shield <laughs> or maybe he's just very precise he's precise not slow right. he's precise he's precise he he's like if this is what it's called let's mm, call that's it that's right that. <laughs> no you you made it you made up those words we These have to words. stick to we're it yeah we're going to own it it could be that like the previous Colson you saw was like a dodgy clone who wasn't quite all there, so he'd never pieced together. Oh, yeah, it spelled <laughs> oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. And now he's he was, died. They brought in a new Coulson, and he's like, yes, it's S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's why he's so abruptly was like, just call S.H.I.E.L.D. And just... <laughs> he's the life model decoy. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> ah. Or maybe the last... Maybe there was more uh, scroll work going on that we yeah, were realizing. Exactly. I would have liked to see, though, if they yeah. had a scene in Captain Marvel where, like, Nick Fury's talking... He calls it the big, long phrase. And she's just like, why don't you just call yourself yeah. Shield or something? <laughs> like, and then if, as if the internet wasn't angry enough about the movie, that would have given us even more fuel to the fire. <laughs> exactly. Well, Niall, do you remember uh, when you first saw Iron Man? Did your theater have a big reaction when he said uh, call a shield? Well, that, that's the thing. Like, I do remember going to see Iron Man. Uh, it was a, a real, it's kind of bizarre because it was an opening day thing where I was like, oh, I have to see this thing. Whereas, um, I'm sure, like a lot of people, like the the character, I knew him, but like I I mostly knew the Marvel verse from the cartoons, like the animated Spider Man and the animated Iron Man, even though it wasn't on as much. Uh, and because like my hometown, Ireland, you getting access to like Marvel comics wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy. Basically, <laughs> there wasn't a thing to ship in quite regularly, and um, you know, get them anywhere now, but. Uh, so at the time, like I knew, like oh yeah, Iron Man, I remember that cartoon. Uh, but it just uh, there was enough buzz about it to be like, oh yeah, you should, you should go to this. And then I just knew of like the mythos and stuff. So I, then I, you know, you guys were saying it was telegraphed, but I was sitting there. I just took the joke. It's just like oh, he's got a, the the agency has a really long winded name. And then at the end when he said, oh, just call a shield, I was like, oh my god, I didn't piece that together. It was amazing. <laughs> And I was probably like, oh, it's like, oh, Nick Fury. And I remember Nick Fury. And I got really into it and stuff. Uh, and so I was very excited about it. And um, I do remember there were people there who were like, oh, 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 oh. You, you, there was a palpable kind of like, oh, there we go. Uh, and then because it was, of course, the first of the MCU, um, I remember me and didn't know who the people were, but there was a the ragtag band of us who knew oh, you're supposed to stay until the end of the end credits. And we were just like, I remember they brought up the house lights and everything. And there was a guy standing with a brush looking at us like, what are you guys still doing here? And we're just like, this is supposed to be a thing. Like, what? I don't know why you brought up the lights and stuff. And then there was that worry of like, maybe there's not a thing. Maybe we're all just sitting here like idiots for no goddamn reason. And then they're like, they did the Avengers Initiative thing. Like, oh, thank God. Hey, there we go. And um, it's just bizarre that even like what friggin' last month going to see Captain Marvel as soon as the credits start, there's still people who get up and walk out as if they don't know. <laughs> it's just it's right. crazy to me that like 20 odd movies in people who were there opening night didn't think like I should stick around <laughs> to see if there's anything after these, right. you know, directed by credits and stuff. <laughs> it's like, um, but the, yeah, I remember that that being the, the my main memory of the movie was just like the the agonizing awkwardness of sitting knowing that there was supposed to be something after the credits but every everyone else except me and like three random guys just like sitting there going like you heard it too this guy's staying so he must know something so i think i'm okay and then as like you know the they're getting into the proper the the props department stuff and you're kind of getting really like oh god the lights are up (laughs) 
this guy's just staring at me. I don't know. I'm thinking he's staring at me because he thinks I know, but I, I'm hoping that he knows. <laughs> and the unbearable awkwardness of it all until like until you, now you know where it's like, of course, everyone knows to stay except those random people who still freaking leave. That's so funny. I've always been a credits watcher. I'm like that one I'm like the guy who the employees are all waiting for. They're all staring like, why is this guy sitting here? And I, I don't. I just love sitting and watching credits and, and listening to the music and reading names and processing. <laughs> but it's funny because the, this definitely kind of created a shift. And nowadays you have a lot of people, because I'll still say regardless, um, but you'll still, you'll have these random people who if there's not something or if there's like a mid-credit sequence but not an end-credit sequence, then they all complain. They get up and say, like, I can't believe there wasn't anything there. <laughs> I do remember them. my hometown theater. Uh, I didn't see it myself, but my brother told me about it, that uh, outside Batman versus Superman, they actually had a notice saying there are no post-credit scenes. <laughs> Just out, up, in the, <laughs> up in the door, as if, like, get the hell out once the credit starts. It's like, we're sick of waiting for you <laughs> right. damn people to move. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Although it was awkward, too. Like, just there on Friday, I went out to see Shazam, and I forgot to check. So I had to, like, during the end credits, I had to turn on my phone and, like, quickly Google, like, other post-credit scenes in Shazam. Like, yes, okay, right, sorry, right. I stick around then. Yep. Yep, it's funny. Even the DCU is getting into that. Yeah. That's- Which is funny, because they, initially, they said that they weren't going to do that around, I think, Justice League or something, and then... Um, but I was surprised, actually, because of that, that when uh, sitting to the end of Shazam, that I was like, oh, they did throw something. Yeah. I'm curious to see. And again, this will air long after the movie's out. But I'll be curious to see if they do a post credit scenes for Endgame, because I think it would be right. a real mark of like that was the end of one big era to not have. And then like a post credit bit to just be like, that was well, the end of the movie. And Feige certainly said that. I mean, what was the what was the thing he said, Pete? He called it like the the end game or what did he what did he call it like this whole 22 it's called like the infinity saga yeah. it, the culmin he said it's a culmination of you know the last 22 movies and um it, yeah i i mean it's he he's the way he's presenting it this is it this is the end and whatever comes next is different yeah yeah so yeah it would make sense then for them to not have it but yes by the time people are listening to this, they're rolling their eyes at at us because uh, they all know mm. already. It's like, exactly oh, you happening. idiots don't know. Like, freaking Galactus shows up for the last <laughs> second. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so, so Niall, we always like to ask our guests uh, before we wrap up uh, what their thoughts are on their rankings as far as all the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know all 21 of them <laughs> at this point might be a little unwieldy, uh, but do you have like a top five? I was going to say, like, geez, guys, you should have told me in advance I would have to get out the freaking graphs and everything <laughs> to work that one out. Um, actually, at the minute, I would say uh, just purely in terms of enjoyment, uh, I would put Ragnarok on my number one. Um, it's just something I remember when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, I liked it, but it's a bit too jokey. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, I love this. This is just amazing. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's a pure visceral thing of like, hey, here's Thor flying around on a hammer while Immigrant Song's playing. And it's just really crazy. And they're just going for it. And it's very, very funny. And it's just a real, because the fact, dude, the fact, the, the, the title Ragnarok indicates it's going to be a bummer. And then it turns out to be like the one of the most joyous films you could watch in the entire MCU saga, basically. Um so that's definitely my number one at the minute. Uh, I'd say two probably would be um, the Avengers, just the the first Avengers, uh, just because it's, I still think it stands up as a really well put together 
uh, movie in terms of like, yeah, they, you know, there was joy seeing at the time, just like, oh, they actually got all these characters together. And it's just like, it's, you know, seeing freaking Cap and Tony bouncing off each other and uh, the, the, the way the story weaved out and just like finally seeing all these characters together. It's, you know, it was a novelty at the time, but it still stands up as a as a functioning film that's still very compelling and stuff. Uh, third, I'd probably say um, Civil War because it's again it's a, it's a good culmination of like this long running character arcs that are coming to a you know great end. Like it's because um, as much as I wasn't too fussed by Age of Ultron, everything that happens in Age of Ultron needs to happen to get to the kind of the payoffs in Civil War about why Tony's doing what he's doing and why Cap's doing what he's doing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I put that probably third. Um, fourth, I probably put uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one. Uh, just thought, just loved that movie. Just tons of fun. Um, just it probably like just it's just yeah, just, just can't really fault it as a film. It's just really, it's just a really good uh, good laugh all around. Um, and every time I watch, I'm always like, yes, this is just I've, I've yet to find any bit of it where I'm nitpicking it or have any beef. It's just like, this was just perfect. I just loved it every second of this. Uh, and then, uh, I guess five would probably be, um, I'll give it to Winter Soldier. Uh, just for being, I, I just love the Hydra twist. I love the fact that they, yeah, they establish this whole thing and then it completely falls apart. And then it's the fact that, like, yeah, everything, everyone you knew and trusted, it turns out they might not be trustworthy. <laughs> and it just really gets into some some dark territory uh, all the stuff with um, Cap and Bucky is fantastic as well. And I just love the fact that like you're the the transition from cheesy old school, you know, ah shucks, Captain America into like it's like him going through his own like Vietnam Watergate put put together. Like, and mm-hmm. it's it's like all the all the stuff he missed in America while he was frozen kind of happens in his own personal way to him through the events of that movie, and he comes out a, a completely different character at the end. Uh, so I think that was that was exceptionally well done. But uh, so yeah, I guess like off the top of my head, those would be my top five. Well, that was a solid top five. Those are yeah, some good choices up there. So I don't think anyone could find fault. I with just that. I I think that that celebration of how they they really have done an able job of even while making the movies sort of have the a, a similar kind of tonal quality. They're different movies. You know that Winter Soldier is is at the very top of my list just because it's a like a great sort of spy thriller and i just have so much fun with that i love how they're they're kind of playing with these uh, these tropes and they're doing it in a way that you know they've created kind of a safe space now after 22 movies to do it but um uh and and i i understand critics who are ready to see something new but I've, man it's just been such a fantastic ride all along the way for me hmm I think I had to pitch someone the Winter Soldier just the other week. I know a guy who's sort of in and out of the movies. He's just not that fussed by them. Mm-hmm. But I, he was asking about the appeal of these things. And I was I'm like, oh, I mean, like, Winter Soldier, that's like their version of, like, you know, all the president's men or, like, the yeah. Parallax view or something. It's a it's the fact that they actually get in freaking Robert Redford to be in the movie, to take a direct, like, this, yeah, we got the same freaking guy in it and everything. Right. Um, and the, just the fact that from, you know, this week, obviously, it's ages ago now, the people listening, but uh, they had that Joker trailer came out. And the whole thing, the buzz about it is like, oh, it looks like they've mm-hmm. essentially made Taxi Driver, but it's about the Joker. And they've even got, like, it visually looks like Taxi Driver and everything. That's kind of like, you know, who would have thought to, to you know, make a, like a, a comic book movie 
based on something from like the 70s. Right. And I was like, well, Winter Soldier already right, right. did it. So. <laughs> way ahead of them, way ahead of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see that they're they're giving some nice uh, vibes to them that that feel different. You know, Ant Man had a great kind of heist movie feel, and and they're they're allowing these other genres to kind of bleed in. And I think because of that, they're creating some really interesting films that don't just feel like standard cookie cutter superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Well, Niall, thanks again for being with us all week and chatting about these uh, these wonderful minutes of Iron Man. We're glad to have had you. Oh, happy, yeah, happy to be here, guys. Happy to pop back uh, anytime. Uh, I know because um, we're near done with Batman Returns, but you guys are welcome to pop over for Batman Forever. I don't know if that's uh, you, how strong you feel in that movie, um, but you're more than welcome to come in and talk about a few minutes of that once we start that later in the year, if you should so wish. Oh, yeah. I would love to talk about that one. I, that's a, actually, I think, a pretty interesting one. So I think it's probably my second favorite of those those four films. Oh, it's a, so, I've been surprised. That'd be, that'd be good to talk about. Yeah. I've been surpri- surprised yeah. so far. There's been a lot of positive feedback about Batman Forever in the lead-up to it. So. Well, it's not, uh, it's not Schumacher's... Uh, <laughs> the debacle that became the fourth one. Mm. So, uh, Well, would you like to tell everybody uh, where they can learn more about Bat Minute and uh, you online? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you just get me through all the Bat Minute stuff. Uh, and yeah, it's just, we're available under Bat Minute on pretty much all the things. Like We're in there under Facebook. We've got the Bat Minute Listener's Cave, which is a, like a proper discussion group that uh, you do have to join. Like, I think there's like security questions uh, uh, as far as I'm aware, but I'm not too sure. How, I'm pretty sure they're quite easy to get past. Uh, and uh, yeah, on Twitter, just Batman at Instagram. Uh, I think there's a grinder. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff out there. Like, as, far, as far as I'm aware, we're, we're on everything. So, um, uh, and yeah, just um, uh, if you want to listen to the show, of course, we're on all your major podcatchers and iTunes and whatnot. All the links in the show notes. Awesome. Well, everybody, that is it for today's show. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at thenextreel.com slash Patreon. Until next time, true believers, 